Welcome to episode 108 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And big news in the DCAU world this week. Yes. Everyone was losing their shit. We are doing two episodes once again. I feel so bad. For people who like subscribe to both my podcasts, they got five episodes of me. That's fine. In the last few weeks, it's a lot. Um, but no, that's not the reason everyone's losing their shit, Cameron. Oh, well, what what else could possibly be happening? Apparently, we're getting a pseudo DC AU reunion, a Justice okay. reunion, a, a so spiritual sequel, as some might say. Kind of, but this actually might be a bit more so. so an actual sequel. <laughs> yes, a real sequel. <laughs> Both there in spirit and character and plot, although those are three things. Um, no, we we keep getting rumors of a possible Justice League reunion for the last few years. A lot of the voice actors have said they're super on board for it. I think pretty much all the voice actors have said that. Um, and then the featurette for the one of the upcoming direct-to-DVD DC movies came out. It's called Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Yes. And it sees the return of both the JLU animation mm -hmm. uh, and character styling, as well as the voice actors for the Trinity. So we got Kevin Conroy as Batman, George Newbern as Superman, and Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. Ooh. Uh, the rest of the movie is filled out with, um, like, Mr. Terrific is in there mm -hmm. and Miss Martian, and then Jessica Cruz will be this... Uh, Green Lantern, I guess, movie mostly focused on her. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of her getting her ring. Yeah, and or then, maybe she has a ring and it's her getting started out with it. I'm not yeah. quite sure. Um, but obviously, everyone's been going crazy because we've been waiting for forever for something to come along. And I think some people do, some people don't consider Batman versus Harley Quinn uh, part of the DCAU. I guess for our purposes, we do. Um, it was fine. So yeah, why yeah, not? <laughs> I think it was too chock full of references and designs to not be part of it. Yeah. Even if there's some ambiguous timelining happening. I mean, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna have Bruce and Barbara have a relationship, then we're also gonna include uh, Harley uh, molesting Nightwing. Is it is it consensual? It's not important. It. I mean, it's important. It's very it's, important. It's, well, it's, Let me rephrase <laughs> that. That's important. But in the context of what we're talking about. <laughs> not as important i think um consent is important i want to say no, that it, <laughs> i was about to say it's consensual enough but that is a horrible phrase that should never be uttered right i don't know it get i think so i mean he's tied up we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk <laughs> let's, off this let's, let's veer away from this yeah, yeah, we're before we go down the this, slippery this slope um but yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty excited for this i think a lot of the Direct to DVD stuff of late. The DC original movies have not been spectacular, especially those set in the new 52 verse. Mm -hmm. um, but occasionally, when they do these random blips of kind of their own special thing, like we were talking about it a bit, when they actually go back to a distinct art style rather than the the kind of generic one, right? They did be generally pretty good. And mm -hmm. Bruce Timm's back on board, um, for better or worse. I don't know. <laughs> he, he needs he's we're I, he's gonna have time to redeem himself. Yeah, because I guess his last. Two efforts haven't been spectacularly well received. But he had he had twenty years of that's good. true. We can't we can't dock him for it's, for for two bad years. It's kind of like Robert Zemeckis. Like yeah. he once gave us all three Back to the Future films and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so we can forgive him for things like Welcome to Morrowind, which apparently is not very good. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with his whole or Beowulf. 
yeah, his, his whole company. What, what company is that? It was like Starlight? I don't know. It, it's whatever the company was that did all of the overly realistic animations. So the... Um, oh, he did... Uh, Polar, Express. Polar Express. Oof, not good. He oh, did... Love it. Uh, love it. Mars Says Mom. Mars Needs Moms. Uh, he did... Um, yeah, Welcome to Mars. But in that company... I was about to ask you what the plot of Mars Does Moms would be, but I think it's best we avoid so that, this. That's the, that's the porno version. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's like... Yeah, maybe Bruce Timm's like the Robert Zemeckis. We'll still always give him credit mm-hmm. for what he did before, even if the newer stuff isn't necessarily spectacular. Yes. Um, I don't know. This is pretty exciting. I forget well, I when need, I need to find that um, when it comes now. out. Was it Castle Rock? Was that his company? Image Movers. That's the one. Nope, that's not the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to figure out when this. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. It is. Because they did um, Polar Express, A Christmas Carol, the one where it was Jim Carrey oh, with Jim never, Carrey featuring Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey. Never, ever, 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 ever bothered with that. Uh, and, and Mars Needs Moms, which was... I believe the biggest animated flop of all time. Really? I think that one lost. Uh, yeah, it, it lost a hundred and twenty million dollars. Oof. Just just on Oof. box office numbers, not including advertising. Not good. Yeah. Really not good. Um, Thirty million on a hundred fifty million dollar budget. Don't worry, Bob. We still love you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, should just we get give stuff? us that Back to the yeah. Future four? <laughs> no, <laughs> no more Back to the Future. It has a perfect ending. Yes. I know a lot of people don't love that movie, Back to the Future 3. My personal favorite. I really enjoy it. It's my favorite. Okay. I mean, come on. The train sequence, it's fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was, I was going to try and segue it into another unnecessary sequel. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was so shocking when I saw that this week. To everyone. Yes. Because even, even hardcore fans that I know were, were just sitting there like, Why? So we are, of course, talking about John Wick 3. Yes. And how excited we all are for that. How amazing the trailer looks. How fans are just really not on board with it. <laughs> no, it's like, a- we've seen Keanu do it all. We don't need to see him do it more. <laughs> I mean, he can do it all. He can do it all. And, of course, we're joking. We are both super excited for John Wick oh 3. Oh, my God. Unbelievably excited. Trailer looks awesome. He's riding around on a horse fighting motorcycles. Yes. It looks fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot wait for that. But no, we're actually talking about the surprise announcement that they're doing a Ghostbusters 3. So Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, the original director of Ghostbusters, oh, I did not know that. Uh, is taking over the reins. I didn't know any and... of people were named Ivan. That always just seems like a, like a movie name. Yeah, there are Ivans out there. Ivan Drago. Again, movie name. <laughs> as much as Ivan I, Ooze. As much as I <laughs> used to believe that Rocky was a real fighter. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so they're doing a new Ghostbusters movie set in the original continuity. I think the rumor is that this one will focus on like a new team of heroes taking over, but will still include all of the uh, remaining original actors since Harold Ramis passed away in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. I oh man, I don't know. I honestly don't know about I'm, this. I'm just worried at how sexist some of the jokes are going to be. I because you know they're gonna sneak in one like I don't think it's so. a man's job. I don't think so. I think one Jason Reitman's a pretty damn good director. Okay. Um, so this last year he had two movies. He had Tully, he... which oh, you shit. loved. Okay. All right. He I'm did on Tully, board. and then he also did uh, the Front Runner, 
Um, oh, I wanted with to see Hugh that Jackman. one. I never yeah. saw it, but I, I've heard I, I just mostly, missed it. Mostly yeah. good things. It was only in theaters um, for a very short time. But no, I mean, he's a pretty fantastic director. He did, well, I think he did Juno, right? He did, he Juno, did do Juno, Up in, he the, did the, up air. in the Air. Um, the he rest was, of his oeuvre is not coming to me. But he's a pretty solid director. And Oh, fuck, he did Thank You for Smoking. Oh, that is that a great like film. A, that was one of the first, like... Like adult films I ever watched. Yeah, that is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in good hands. I I have very mixed feelings about this. I feel like this is probably what they should have just done in the first place. Yes. Um, and not done the reboot, the Paul Feig reboot, which I didn't like. But I thought there was enough in there to make me interested in a sequel, even if I didn't love that movie. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this before, that I'm really not the biggest Paul Feig fan. Um, uh, I, think you, I think you have mentioned that. Yeah, and I, I just think, he's not... I mean, this should, should not be an indictment of Paul Feig. I think that movie was okay. I don't know if ignoring it is the right way to go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I th- certainly thought it was interesting that they did an announcement with a teaser trailer, which is... Happens sometimes, but I was really that happen- that's really like surprised. a Comic Con thing. Like that, yeah. I feel like that only happens at conventions. Yeah, but it's it's not that common when they announce a film, a pretty big film like this, mm-hmm. and they already have a teaser. I mean, that teaser is literally just Ecto One, like starting yeah. up in a barn, mm-hmm. and the logo. Um, but this is really bizarre. But then again, this is Sony. So are we surprised? No, no, we're not. Oh, sorry, we're not surprised. <laughs> That's how excited I am about this movie. I mean, I guess we'll end up seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Out of I like guess probably so. morbid curiosity, mm-hmm. and also there's talent involved, good talent. Um, I know Leslie Jones has spoken out. She's, she's not, happy, not happy. Which I, she's totally justified in being pissed about this. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if there was just okay, no yeah, conversation no names have been attached to it yet besides him. Yeah, but I mean, I think. <laughs> I think Ernie Hudson made a comment earlier about how everyone's coming back, but I don't know if we can actually trust Ernie Hudson on that. Um, I think the problem with the last one was that it just tried so hard to reference the first one. It should have just been, it's the more it was its own thing, I think the better it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't go far enough. And now this is just a very bizarre choice. Interesting. They're get, they have a, uh, alongside uh, Jason Reitman writing it, mm-hmm. uh, they have Gil Keen. Who's Gil Keen? Gil Kinnan. Uh, who writes horror films. Oh, interesting. That'll okay. be interesting. He yeah. did uh, Monster House and Poltergeist. Oh. Kind of the two sides of horror. <laughs> yeah. Like Monster House, like the kids movie? <laughs> yeah. The one that I think uh, was also written by Dan Harmon, I believe. Really? Yeah, yeah. Dan Harmon wrote oh the screenplay. God, such weird shit going on here. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting, certainly. It's a great movie. If you haven't, wa- haven't, haven't seen, seen Monster it. House, no. recommend it. It's very weird. I remember it looking pretty weird. It it was kind of un- it was one of those unfortunately timed movies because I think Paranorman came out right around like the same year, and so everyone always got them mixed up. Paranorman was Leica, right? Yes, I still haven't seen that. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, has Leica done wrong yet? No, no. I think I've actually only seen Kubo. Wow. I don't know if I've seen... I have seen Coraline, Box Trolls. I, no, I have seen Coraline, have not seen Box Trolls, have Box not... Tro- I think Box Trolls is, is their weakest one. Okay. But I, I've also said that to someone, and they were very offended when I said that. I feel like... It's just, it's too British for me. 
I feel like you're normally the person that would be offended by that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I used to be. I, in, in high school and early college, when someone hadn't seen something or disliked something that I liked, I was very offended. Yes. But I think as time has gone by and I have been more open about my, my movie choices uh, and realize that they are wrong. <laughs> you, you're starting to realize this now? It, it you know... I, I was blinded by a veil, uh, a veil of innocence. It happens with age. Yes. That's true. You hated Aquaman. I did. I, I had a burning hatred for Aquaman walking out of that theater. Uh, along those lines, speaking of just burning hatred, I saw that they're doing an extended cut of Crimes of Grindelwald on Blu-ray. Oh, thank God. Because what that movie needs is to be longer. Yes, it does. I need to know more. <laughs> I think I told you the one scene that... Uh, that they altered, which I'm a little upset they did. What? Um, what scene? In the original cut that my friend got to work with, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this on the podcast. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No one, no one from Warner Brothers listens. Um, when the the black veils were covering the buildings, uh, that, did that still happened in the movie. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the veils were there to to like hide or to like blind the Muggles, to, yeah. so they couldn't see what was happening. But no, originally. Uh, if you looked at the veil and you had kind of like, if you were torn in your heart and you didn't like fully go against Grindelwald, yeah. then you would see, it would be propaganda posters you would see of him. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, and Newt could see them. And so Newt wasn't fully against his ideals. That's kind of clever. Right? Because then, cause then if you have that, then when uh, the sister... Uh, not My, Miney, more, uh, uh, fuck, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz's character? No, no, no. Um, oh, Gwynny. Gwynny? Yes. Gwynny? Something like that. Um, crimes of Gay Hitler. Uh, gay Wizard Hitler? Sorry, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to talk about no. another movie. Gay Hitler is the producers. Yes. Um, is it Gwynny? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about. The, gr- the the sister who who sides with Grindelwald. Yeah. When you see Newt could also potentially do it, it makes her turn kind of more impactful. Yeah, because now it had he's no ne- impact in the movie. Right. Because now he's stuck in the middle of the two instead of just clearly being on one side. Because <laughs> he doesn't choose sides, remember? Right. His that animal. It was a whole plot point. Yes. He just God. wants to be with his animals. Fuck that movie, man. Mm-hmm. So terrible. Um Anyways, I don't know. Interesting shit. Weird shit happened in Ghostbusters 3. But yes. there was another trailer that came out this week that I squeed so hard. It was it was really good. We were talking about Spider-Man, right? Yeah, I know. I'm too tired to come up with a bit. I know. I was trying to think of one as well. <laughs> we already did that bit once. Yeah, the new Spider-Man Far From once. Home trailer. Chris, we do that every time we have news. All the time. Should we get that some writers? Stick. Should we get some writers in here? Can we get Shane in here to write the podcast no, for us so it's better? Not. No, it has to be authentic. <laughs> authentic so reads garbage. <laughs> but yeah, this Far From Home show looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved that they included the Spider-Man theme into oh, yeah, the score. Because yeah. you know me, I love my movie scores. Well, I mean, that's what DC's always been good about is they always hide kind of the undertone of the original score into the new score. No, they haven't. They didn't they do that with Superman? No. Batman? No. They Aquaman? so they with <laughs> none of them. With fucking none of them. No. I thought they did it with one of them. In Justice League, there's small references to the John Williams Superman theme and the Tim Burton Batman theme. Right, because Danny the Elf King had some hand in it. 
Danny Elfman wrote no, Superman. His name is Danny the Elf King. Danny the Elf King, stupid bastard. <laughs> he wrote the themes for Batman and Batman Returns. Yes, I, I know that. So that's why he like decided to bring it back. And Danny Elfman, of course, scored Justice League. The Justice League score is actually pretty Elf solid. He's, he's, he's ascended. A, a, he's a, the Pumpkin King. Yeah, he's, he's not a, an elf. He's ascended above the title of man. He is now Danny Elf King. The path of least resistance to agree with you, so fine. Danny Elf King Thank you. did a good job with Justice League. And I, I will generally say the scores in those movies are decent. Mm -hmm. But no, DC has a tendency to just ignore the themes going forward. That's what you said before. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. So uh, I, I very much I, enjoyed hearing yeah, that. Yeah, because they didn't keep... The, like, I always, I always thought the Superman theme... John Williams' version should just be the Superman theme. Mm -hmm. It's like when they did Casino Royale, they brought back the Bond theme at the very end because that's the fucking Bond theme. Right. And so I was super excited. It's been around for 60 years. Yes, very nearly. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I think even possibly 60 years because technically that was stolen by Monty Norman from another movie he did. This doesn't matter. Yes, it does. This is the James Bonding. But uh, what was I going to say? I got lost. You like the trailer. You like the score. I like the trailer. I love because they, they used the Spider-Man theme in the opening credits of the, uh, what's the first one called? Homecoming? Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was glad to didn't bring it back. Why don't you talk for a bit, Cameron? Have, have I'm, you, I'm lost. Have I'm you, so confused right now. Have you seen the, so tired. the jokes that have been coming around about the title uh, and the naming convention? No. There was, there was one tweet. It was either uh, a tweet or on Tumblr. Or someone's like, if they continue the naming conventions of keeping it in home, mm -hmm. I really hope Spider-Man Three is Spider-Man Home Alone, or he has, to, oh. or he's alone in Avengers Tower and has to use uh, spider like traps to to stop people from breaking in. I did see that actually. That'd be fantastic. That'd be the I. That'd be the best board. like fifteen minute like bit. Yes, uh, I'm on board. Uh, my only requirement is that Catherine O'Hara is in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I want it to be the twist is it's just happy trying to get in, but he forgot his keys. And uh, Pete's not too happy with him yeah. because he's macking on Aunt May. No, he doesn't know that it's ha he doesn't know that it's happy. He just oh, thinks someone's breaking in. Oh, he just thinks in. it's some criminal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the way I imagine the scene happened, the, the 15 minute bit happening is he just finished watching Home Alone, uh, like in like in Tony's room mm -hmm. in Avengers Tower. Uh and there's just like a warning sign that goes on of like intruder on the premises. He's like, I know what to do. Uh, and so he sets up all these gadgets and all this, all this crazy stuff. All these spider traps. Yeah. And Happy just walks into a spider bomb. Yes. It's it web. Peter. <laughs> oh, I'm on board. Hey, Happy. Oh, so sorry. Um, yeah, the yeah. trailer was amazing. Uh, it was really good. Hall. Oh, so I, I want to talk about the elementals. Okay, I don't really know anything about them. So I, I feel like, and this is kind of the the, the theory going around on the internet, mm -hmm. is um, people, uh, you know, they, there's m many references in the trailer to their counterparts, specifically Hydro Man, which is a Spider-Man villain. What do you mean their counterparts? So I think the sorry, I'm, I'm talking like 17 different talking points. Um, I believe that the elementals we see are fake. And oh. special effects. And oh, that, they're all caused by Mysterio. Yes, because oh. Mysterio, for people who don't know, is is a master of of uh, visual effects. Yeah, he does not have any powers, usually. Yeah, he's a, he's a manipulator. Yes, 
oh, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why Spider-Man shows up and doesn't, like, I think he's going to try and fight, but something is, you know, either something stopping him or Fury's holding him back. I think Fury holding him back would be really interesting. It's like, I know someone's going to come. Yeah. And I just want you to be there as backup. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, that's a, a plot point pretty early on, is that Peter encounters Nick Fury, and Nick's like, on your 18th birthday, we own you. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think, if I remember the timeline of the Ultimates, but I'm pretty sure at that time, um, the Ultimates, the uh, Avengers equivalent, are still together, and they're still under the purview of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay. I think, at that point. Um yeah, Fury's face is like, yeah, you're ours. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. It, it's, so it's fun to see him get recruited here. Yeah. Um, now, it's also <laughs> kind of telling because I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed this takes place after Endgame. So yes. no surprise, the world goes back to some sort of sense of normalcy, which mm-hmm. we were expecting. Um, but it, just, it looked just really, really fun. Yeah. Um, like, I love that whole cast. I know. I, I, I was, I was, this was brought to my, my attention from my friend Dylan, uh, of this, this school they go to is supposed to be for like gifted kids, right? It's a smarty yeah. pants school. Yeah. Do you, do they they have to know one of them is Spider Man at this because point, right? He's because now sudden, they're in just, fucking uh, Europe. He's he's just Spider-Man's, where they are. Yes, yeah. He he was in DC. You could kind of forgive it once in DC. You're like, oh, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah, because that's still two hours away from New York. Yeah, by train, something like that. Uh, that's plausible. He could also be there. There yeah. could be something going on. But Europe, I feel like, is not under the same jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, especially when he like happens to be in Venice, when everyone's in Venice, and he happens to be in London, when everyone's in London. Yeah. So I, I would really like, because you have the line at the end where, where Flash is like, yeah, that Spider-Man guy is fucking badass. Oh, what's up, loser? Yeah. I'd love for the, everyone else in the class to know, yeah, except like, him. Um, Flash, do you not... Yeah. Do you not see what's going on here? Do mm-hmm. you, no, not so bright. Okay. Or, or maybe Flash figures it out and he's being extra mean to cover it up. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. that could be. Because I feel like Flash is never one that learns. But now that we have a Flash that. Well, I mean, kind of. Like, well, he, I think in the he, comics they eventually become friends. Well, they, I'm they saying he's, ne- he's never like one of the first five. To oh, learn. okay, yeah. So I think if he learns before Mary J, he's one of the final five. Yes, exactly. You never watched Fateful Five. You never watched Battlestar Galactica. Did you? I did not. Okay, never mind then. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Fast Five. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the Five Guys. Yes. So I think, and then then it could be a similar situation to like uh, Batman Beyond, where if if he learns before MJ, then he has two people that can kind of help cover it up when he oh, has to leave. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Because because I want it. Because I want her to know she's one of those characters where like, or especially Zendaya's version. Yeah. Where. She, like, she could already know and just be, like, whatever about it. Just playing it. it cool. Yeah. I, like, I mean, the, the latter half of the trailer is, like, the exciting part. Because when he's suited up, it's when Mysterio shows up and everything. But the first half just goes to show how charming he is and just mm-hmm. how much fun the rest of his classmates are. Oh, right. Are. Marissa Tomei knows now. Aunt yeah, May knows. Like, and like she's planning. abusing it. <laughs> I, no, I think she's using it to do even greater good. She's abusing it. The world, fine. I feel like that, like, not, not as punishment, but, like, she... She's using as leverage. But yes. Like, you were trying to hide this from me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's make absolutely you, being used as leverage. Make you do community service now. Mm-hmm. It's, like, that part's really sweet, like, the awkward exchange with her and Happy, and then, like, the fact that Peter just wants to hang out with MJ, and 
It's a really sweet moment. He's like, you look pretty. She's like, oh, so now I have value. He's like, no, that's not what. No, no. He's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> also, also you, you look pretty too. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's so adorable. Yeah, I, I, I do have a question for you because I've been asking a few people about this. Uh-huh. Um, do you feel that the uh, Aunt May's still super hot joke is overplayed at this point? I mean, is it still? I was, I was, I was a little just like I don't know if it's still getting right, played still in the. Doing it. I don't know if it's getting played in the movie itself. Like you know, she and Happy have a relationship, which is not the same thing as like Hot Aunt May getting played out. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still ex- happening in kind of meme culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've seen someone did the the ten year challenge. Yeah, yeah. It went from Rosemary Harris and the the Sam Raimi films to Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Marissa Tomei version, which like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's. I think it works. And okay. Part of it too is I just really like Marissa Tomei. So do I. It's, I, I would it's just hard want her to be. To like her. I just, I, yeah, so. I just want her to have a part where it's not a guy just drooling over her. I I don't think that's the way it's gonna work. Okay. I I, I let's give them enough credit to be pretty progressive and smart. Yeah. Um, just even that exchange between Peter and MJ about like them both being pretty, like it shows they're kind of going down that path. Also, yeah, absolutely. worth noting, this is the uh, the first superhero film with a tr- uh, trans actor in it. Who's in it? Uh, this guy's... Jake Gyllenhaal's trans? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Zach Brock. So, here's a photo of him, which is great for the whole of our listeners yeah, doing yeah. this on audio medium. Um, but yeah, so like we have a, our first trans actor in a superhero film too, which is really awesome. Like a huge, big budget superhero film. And I think it totally fits. I mean, the last Spider-Man was one of the most diverse casts we've seen from a big budget superhero film. So why not keep it going? Super excited for that. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. But yeah. Cannot wait for this movie. Same. It's going to be so much And fun. it's also the first film after Endgame, which is very, you know, it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's the first film outside of the the first three phases. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, the marks the beginning of whatever the new era yeah. of Marvel's going to be. Just so. the, the Tom Holland era. The Tom Holland era. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we still finally start talking Batman? Let's start talking Batman. Yeah, at this point. I don't think I have any more news. Um, so not that I had any news. Th- no. <laughs> so one of us comes prepared. <laughs> this was an interesting week. Cause it's based on the same plot twice as you pointed out to me before we started recording. Yes. But most importantly, our first episode introduces us to a spinoff character that we will at some point be spending a lot of time with. Uh, Zeta. Zeta. So and fucking Agent Bennett. An Agent Bennett, yeah. Um, how? What? This episode had a this episode had a lot of guns. It had a lot of guns. A lot of guns. Lots of guns. Zeta himself has a lot of guns. He pulls yes. like eight guns out of his torso. Mm-hmm. I mean, how? Okay, how did you feel about Zeta as a character? I. Do you remember a show called Cubics? No. Good. Of course I do. <laughs> Good. Cubix is a, a garbage show that is the exact same robots for everyone. God, what a great show. Okay. But not really. This show was dog shit, but it was so much fun in the day. Oh. It's, a, it's a Korean show. Cubix. Uh, oh, Cubix wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Holy God, I do remember that. Hell yeah, you do. These soulless looking. Yep. People. Yep. But I remember this show because I thought that toy was so cool. He was. Because he, he was like, like he was like the new age transformer. Yeah, because you could just like take him apart in little cubes. But I I oh my god, this guy, Dr. K Voice, is that the villain? Maybe I did watch a few episodes of this actually. Well it was it was on like Kids WB back in the day. 
Oh my god. But yeah, these are horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying looking characters. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is going to give me nightmares. Yeah, so this is the same plot. This had a very, very similar plot to Zeta. Uh, was Cubic's designed to infiltrate sex and kill the person it's infiltrating? Not to that extreme, but I believe he was like built by like an evil genius. Oh, that sounds just... familiar. Mm-hmm. And there's like one of them that looks like a, a motorcycle sort of thing. Yeah, don't don't look too far into it. I, I don't know. I should get away from this. This is, uh, this is scary. There's also there's also it's a book. Give me nightmares. Th- yeah, that's a great theme song though. There's a book that I listened to that I plugged on the podcast a few months ago, which was um fuck what was it called? Uh, assassination? No. Um, God damn it! I wrote it down, but it's hidden in my notes. Um, it's the one about the the doomsday robot who becomes a detective oh yeah i don't remember the name of it mm-hmm. but i remember it being uh, a really cool idea up, I do, what, uh, yeah i want you to figure out the name of it because i did want to go read that at some point actually uh the automatic detective that's detective. the one automatic yeah. detective um mm-hmm. yeah I, which i think is i think if, if you want a better zeta project uh read or listen to that book on audible yeah sponsors <laughs> uh but also <laughs> Watch the Zeta Project, because we'll be doing that eventually. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that's one that neither <laughs> that of us have watched. fall under our purview. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I mean, I always like when they go down kind of darker territory in the yes. show, which they definitely do here with him uh, basically being a, yeah, a murderous infiltration robot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that we're on the fence about whether he's actually going to turn or not all the way through. I don't. I'm kind of done with the the trope of the the murder bot that somehow realizes it's human mm-hmm. thing. The sentient robot. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was done best with Iron Giant. We're never going to get anywhere near that again. So right. why bother? Mm-hmm. And with this one, I I I realize now I, what I wanted was just Iron Giant. Yeah. Because um, they fly away. Just be Superman. Say Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Because he could I was do about it. To say he be could do good, it here. But he could. We can't fly though. That's true. Um, no, I wanted because um, Max. He kidnaps Max. It yeah. kidnaps Max. Well, again, let's before he gets to kidnaps Max. We okay. have more to talk about here. Because he. What, what I sorry. What I so I can finish my point. Uh, I, I wanted him to to have like a line of sarcasm in there. Oh, like he's Ma- actually yeah, learning. Cause, yeah, because Max Max says like. You, no, he says I need to work Where on my, my sarcasm, sarcasm, and she says you need to. Um, I need to teach you humor. And so when he's holding the gun, I wanted a dirty hairy joke, something just for the adults watching. Just uh, like he he holds the gun, he's like, "Are you feeling lunky, punk?" Do you really think? Yes, that they still know Dirty Harry at yes. that point. They didn't know Wizard of Oz, so fine that was that there's a 30 year difference between those two movies yeah but the wizard of oz has seeped far further into the cultural zeitgeist like the wizard of oz you don't is more know how widely <laughs> known now than dirty harry is you don't know how big uh what's his face is in the future clint eastwood, clint eastwood. <laughs> yeah given the fact you couldn't remember his name now does not give me hope for the future well i mean we know how scott eastwood's career is turning out <laughs> oh but he's so pretty he's fine <laughs> Clint Eastwood could be could could be taking the role of like a Reagan in this future. Oh my God, that is a horrifying, <laughs> horrifying notion. Also, he'll be long dead. He's like barely alive now. He's doing fine. It's this like, show is only like twenty years ahead o- of where we're at. But he's like wheeling around an oxygen tank now when he's still directing. It's it's not good. Um, 
But no, I don't think they'll know who Clint Eastwood is there. But I, I get what you mean. A little moment of sarcasm in there would have been fun. But mm-hmm. what I love is that Zeta decides to impersonate the biology teacher. So none of this makes sense because he justifies later on going to the high school because he needs access to uh, a lab and to like the internet, basically. Like the equipment, lab, and the internet. And so he decides to impersonate a biology teacher. Yeah. Wouldn't you impersonate, I don't know, the computer science no. teacher or even just impersonate a student right from the beginning? Well, th- this is so far in the future that the idea of computer science is so ingrained in our culture that we don't need teachers anymore. It's just normal. It's like, Every- you don't have, like we don't have typing teachers anymore. I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. I'm not a very good typer. Same. Um, I know people can hear me clacking away one finger at a time. Mm-hmm. But so I love that he decides to impersonate the biology teacher, which I feel like was just there so they could get in sort of the, the visual shock slash gag of this slightly overweight teacher like running and gunning and jumping around. Oh, no, I think it's because it was the first line is they bring up the argument of free will. Well, I mean, and does as humans, are we pre-programmed with free will or do we obtain it afterwards, which is right. the idea of the episode? Yes. Yes, I get it. I get thematically. Do you? Do you? Chris, do you understand what I'm what I'm throwing I actually at you? Don't. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? No, I'm genetically predisposed to not. Yes, <laughs> pick up what you're putting down. But also, I do love though that the. Are you catching this wave with me? God damn it! God damn you! <laughs> shut your shut your mouth. I mean, don't. We have to keep recording. But, yeah. Um, Dude, you're being so electric factory right now. Oh my god. We, we, for people who don't understand our, our new lingo, we, uh, our, one of our very good friends is, is throwing around new catchphrases for himself. Uh, and we love to make fun of them. Because calling something, Shane, I, I, this is directly to you because yes. I know you're going to listen. Calling something electric factory is stupid. It's so stupid. Why is it stupid, Chris? It just doesn't even make sense. Explain. Why would there be an electric factory? Like, electricity is produced at power plants, not at factories. Factories manufacture things. Electricity isn't manufactured. It's generated. There's a fucking difference. But what about... No, I don't... No, no. We're not going down this path. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've already tangented way too far. I don't have time to edit the fuck Dude, out of this. Dude, you're catching way too hard now. I need you to go... <laughs> I need you to paddle in the shallow for a second. We're far from the shallows now, Cameron. <laughs> in the shallows, man. But I, in the shallows. But, in the shallow, shallow, shallows. Did you see? I think it was. <laughs> I'm going on a different tangent. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think it was the the. I want to say it was the Reductress article, but it was like the ten best uses of Lady Gaga's "Ah" from the no. Shallows song. No. It's it's worth it's worth looking up. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I'll 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 link it in the. <laughs> Great. The show notes. It's really, really funny. Um, but any, anywho, so what I do love, though, is the biology teacher is voiced by Edie McClurg. That name sounds familiar. She is the secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. And I feel like she was also in, I want to say Vacation, National Poon's Vacation. I think she might have a role there, too. Okay. Um, but, like, her performance in Ferris Bueller's Day Off is just, like, one of the best yeah. comedy performances of all time. Like, <laughs> when she's, like, sitting at the desk and just keeps pulling pencils out of her hair. Yeah. Hey, this is God, a time movie. before cell phones. You had to entertain yourself yeah. in other ways. Movie is so good. Um, 
But anyway, so the the government or basically the NRA. Agent, yeah, the NSA. Not, NSA, sorry. Not the NRA. There were so many guns in this episode, I couldn't I mean, keep track. I mean, the trajectory we're on now, it's totally possible that in the future the NRA could be an actual government agency. Would not be too surprising. But yes. not in this future. It's the NSA, who normally just does like data analytics, but I think they're just become like the go-to like counterintelligence agency when they don't want it to be the CIA. Yeah. Or the FBI. So whatever. It's the mm-hmm. NSA. Um but everyone at the school quickly realizes that the teacher is actually Zeta, this robot who can infiltrate and then uh, through hollow projectors in person. Now, how do you feel about his design in general? It's it's unique. It feels it is. very alien. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess it, it does seem genuinely menacing, which I think is kind of the point here. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to look like he could be kind of scary. Except he's so short. I think but that's is, like... Is that, he though? Yeah, he's shorter than Max. But like, no, he no, he's like his shoulders are about her, like top of her head. Also, he doesn't really have a head. He's got that weird like kind of. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the the head design. I kind of feels. I kind of get it actually. So, think about it this way: when he is using the hollow projectors, physically, like if you were to touch him, you would touch the metal body. Like mm-hmm. they even do really clever bits of that, where he like pulls guns out of nowhere. Or when he decides his Mac, she pulls out the like access card. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a clever notion, or even like later on with the ski going through him. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, they they do make a point where it's not a transformation; it's a hologram. It's a hologram, and yeah. I think actually what's smart about that is that he basically doesn't have a head. He doesn't mm-hmm. have anything extending beyond his shoulders. So, in the event someone were to say realize who he is, his cover was blown. If they were to go for a headshot, there'd be nothing there to damage. Okay, which also then implies that his like primary circuitry would be embedded in his chest plate where he's like more well protected. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know where there's room for that when he's got like a billion guns stashed away in there. Like he's fucking like video game character. Yeah. But I think that idea is kind of clever overall though. His design is off putting. It, it feels, um, there's, uh, you're not going to know the show. There's I, a I, show. I, well, I won't not. know it. And then you'll tell me and I'll look it up and then I will know mm-hmm. it. Uh, Evangelion. Nope. Was a very, very, very famous late '90s anime. Well, that's why I don't know Neon it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I mean, if it's anime, uh, I'm just not gonna know it. Except for, hang on, I got a question for you. You might know this. Uh-huh. Do you remember when we were children, slash, and you were even more of a child? Yes, when I was not born yet. Yes. Uh, there was an anime with like superhero pets, like they were like a dog and a cat or something like that. I seem to vaguely recall. Like people in a little Japanese apartment going through like this weird trash shoot thing and getting armored up and like shooting out and they were in I feel like they were dogs and cats and they got like robo like armorized in a sort of Thunderbirds esque manner but like going through an oven instead. You know what that was? I do not know what that is. Okay, but I'm excited to learn. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Neon Genesis had had very unique. Uh, they're not robots per se. Because they're like, they're like, bio organic creatures okay. that are man that are that are controlled by by inside characters, but it, it felt like it was like uh, Zeta's design or yeah Zeta's design was influenced by, uh, by an Evangelion. Okay. Oh, I because especially like the shoulders. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. The way you pronounce shoulders. Because mm-hmm. what is interesting? And a super tiny head. Oh, yeah, tiny, tiny head. What's interesting, too, is that when we get to the Zeta project itself, they redesigned Zeta. Okay. I mean, one, 
it's worth noting if you look at photos that this was clearly done like the Zeta project was made on a much cheaper budget. Yes. The animation is just not good. It looks like it came out ten years prior mm-hmm. to the show actually did. But when they got to that point, they gave him a round head, a round head kind of softer features. He looks a little more Star Wars esque here. He's kind of like the protocol droid face happening. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a good idea because I, I found him visually off-putting enough in this episode that I would have a hard time sitting down to watch a show, especially one that's even more catered towards kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he actually looks uh, exactly like the cover of that book that I mentioned. Oh, oh, that's why he... Okay, yeah, you showed me that cover. That's mm-hmm. why that's going to look familiar. Um, but in, anyways, so the... NSA led you know by this guy. Like? Who does he look like? Did you ever? Did you watch the Ozzy and Drix show or the movie Osmosis Jones? Yeah, yeah. He he, oh, he looks like Drix. He does. Yeah, with like the mm-hmm. the pill shaped head. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Oh, I remember that. I've never yeah. actually seen the movie, but I remember liking the cartoon quite a bit. It was fun. The movie. I think the movie's. I think it held. I think it holds up. I haven't seen it in a while. Ozzy but I see. and Drix. Ozzy and Drix. It's a little off beat, but yeah, it's close enough. I'm not going to sing it because I also can't sing it. I'm right? going to murder you when we're, do- <laughs> when we're done recording. I'm going to murder you. Hey, I'm, I'm just keeping your ego in check. I do desperately need that, actually. Thank yeah, God for you, Cameron. For. Thank God for you. I'm uh, here to tell you, you can't do everything, Chris. Uh, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. That's right. I learned that from a Dove chocolate wrapper. Yes. And then I wrote it down on a post-it note and put it at my desk. And then cried and ate more chocolate. Yes, I did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I only do one with the other. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's Pavlovian at this point. If I eat chocolate, I have to cry also if I'm crying. I definitely eat chocolate. Well, that's like the, uh, there was a joke someone made about uh, Wendy's roast day. Did you see that on the internet? What? A few days ago, you know, the Wendy's Twitter account is is famous or infamous, depending oh, on who you are, yeah. of just making fun of other brands. Yeah. And so a few weeks ago, they had a specific day where they're like, hey... Anyone and everyone, send us a tweet, and we will roast you. Okay. Uh, and so they did big brands and also just, like, people that sent in photos of themselves. Mm-hmm. And w- what they should have done, which would have been so fucking funny, is every person they roasted, they gave them, like, a like a gift card or, or a special discount. Yeah. Because what else do you do when someone puts you down than eat fast food? <laughs> genius. Yeah. Absolutely genius. Um. But anyway, so in this episode we're talking about here, yes. uh, they, the agents and the police and Barbara chase down the teacher who lives in a really, really lavish apartment or house maybe even for someone on a teacher's salary. Yeah. She's got a full-on basement She probably there. has like 17 roommates though. That's probably the house it, for all of the teachers. All the teachers of the <laughs> high school probably. Um, yeah, really nice apartment. But mm-hmm. so they, they, find, they find her and of course Zeta didn't kill her because he doesn't want to kill anymore. Right. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, oh. oh, yeah, and so then we learn that his whole design is to replace, interrogate, and dispose. Yes. And he infiltrated very a... NRA. Very, very NRA, yes. Yeah. He infiltrated a terrorist sect, but the person he infiltrated, phrasing, the person who he was assigned to replace... Yes. Uh, was not a terrorist. He, he, was, he, was, he was an accountant. He was like an accountant somehow connected to the terrorist sect. Mm-hmm. And he, the robot, Zeta, did not want to deprive this guy of his family. So yeah, he, he learned him. compassion teaching that man's daughter how to ride a bike. Exi- oh, yeah. Yeah, he just like stole like really happy moments from this guy. Yeah. This poor it, guy it, never got to see his daughter ride her bicycle for the I first time. I feel like time. this is what like the sequel to E.T. would be. 
With a robot? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, if it, if it was an alien that was doing the same things, or like oh, an alien okay. sent to Earth who's meant to destroy, meant to uh, conquer, but instead warns compassion. Wait, hang on. I have a question for you. Yes, that is also the plot of Dragon Ball Z. No, that was not my question for you. Yes, it's also kind of the plot of Invader Zim. Great. That was my question yes. for you. But no, I was wondering, so Zeta is impersonating this, this random accountant at the time when his daughter is learning how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. And like the classic thing that always happens is like the dad, like running down the street with the, the daughter, and there's no training wheels on, and eventually... You know, don't let go, don't dad, let go, don't let, let go. go. And then he lets go, and then yeah. off she goes, and it's, like, very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Do you think that happened But yeah. with a robot? Uh, and she, did she ever look back at one point and wonder, like, Daddy, like, why, are, like, your hand... I, well, I stopped myself phrasing that. It was going to go horribly wrong real quick. Why um, is your hand inside yourself? Sort of. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's like, why did he, Why did your hand looks, look weird? Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe... Here's, here's an idea. Uh, since it is the future and cameras are a thing, maybe he has memory files. Uh, and so he can replay the memory for... Well, he, yeah, he does have memory files because he, he uses it to come up with a new disguise. Well, I mean, I mean like a projector. Like, he, he has a memory file of people he's taking the place of. But oh, like, he's got like a little R2-D2 projector inside of him? Yeah, so he can, he can show the dad what he missed <laughs> actually that was one of his guns it didn't actually shoot lasers it just projected yeah. video but he tossed that one out too yeah he so, had to be safe yeah, so the dad he, he always kind of forgets which one is which yeah. <laughs> a lot of robot accidents have happened in the past yeah um, he's killed so many people on accident but so he also has a homing beacon that the, the nsa is using to track him down how accurate is that thing because you think he'd be very, very accurate, but they seem to never know where he is. Like, they vaguely know he's at the school, and they're using weird little detectors that try and track him down. Mm-hmm. Like, that thing is not particularly good. And also, they just stop looking for him for, like, 24 hours, even though they should be looking for him all the time, because they can always find him. Yeah. Because he's literally a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't take him long to build that signal blocker. So, like, why was he impersonating a teacher? Well, why we would... don't know how long he was impersonating the teacher. Well, but... He clearly not that long because the NSA just showed up looking for him. So mm-hmm. Maybe it was like that day. But also, why would he go and teach a goddamn class? Like, wouldn't he just be like, "Oh, hi, like, I'm a teacher," and then, "Oh, now I'm well, a student." Well, because he couldn't act suspicious. He, he, was ar- to, he was already acting suspicious. He was just reciting off like the textbook or whatever as the teacher. Yeah, but he doesn't know the teachers don't do that. No, that's true. There might be lazy teachers at that school. Mm-hmm. But you'd think he would go straight to the school this and then go straight school, to a Chris. lab. <laughs> I think there must have been... The fact that she was talking at all was... (laughs) There must have been a deleted scene where, like, the superintendent's walking by, like, oh, get to class. You gotta get to class right now. Go, go, go. We gotta get you teaching. Don't stop. No dawdling. Don't go to the computer lab. Go to your classroom, goddammit. Yeah. I don't know. It's real dumb. Also, how does he mask the sound of his feet? Because anytime he's in his normal, like, when you see him as a robot, Mm -hmm. his feet are metal and he's clanking everywhere he goes, but as soon as he projects a hologram, his feet don't clank. Maybe, uh... He acts like his feet don't clank, Cameron. Yeah, what? <laughs> it feels like, like song lyrics. <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe they inserted, so he could replicate, since that is, is the most kind of obvious sound, maybe the NRA, NSA <laughs> teamed up, uh, and they, they created, uh, kind of, not sound, not really sound barrier, but like sound buffers, where depending on what the person he was impersonating is wearing, they can replicate the sound. Kind of like electric cars with 
uh, petrol engine sounds coming out of them, like mm-hmm. fake engine sounds. It just makes fake feet noises. Yeah. Or he's just always making sounds louder than his feet moving. But why wouldn't you just give him, like, quiet rubber soles? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he's most of the time, he's probably impersonating people who are wearing, like, the most common form of shoe. Yeah. So just do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he has wheelies. Oh, I bet he has wheelies. I mean, wheelies were big at this time. Mm -hmm. So When when did uh, GPS become accessible for the common man? Um, The common folk? I guess it would have been, like... Tom Toms and um, not MapQuest. That was a, a website. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, would Ga- I had a say, Garmin. Yeah, Garmin. Thank you. Yeah, I would say think. early 2000s. First mass produced. My guess, late 90s, early um, 2000s. GPS. I suggesting yeah. maybe that GPS wasn't like that sophisticated at this time. Mm-hmm. And that's also why they're still using floppy disks. Yes. This. Well, I feel like, I think... The next episode has has more stuff for us to talk about with the future. No, that's about how unfortunately TSA still sucks. TSA still sucks. Um, But yeah, basically, like Max is oh he's a good guy. Don't kill him. Terry's like no, I'm gonna fight him. Terry's like ah no, he saved my life. I guess I won't fight him. And then he tries to escape. And then NSA is like nah, you're not gonna leave. We're gonna hunt you down. Two thousand is when the U.S. made a more accurate GPS signal available for civilian use. Yeah, but I don't know. He gets in the way in the end, unsurprisingly, because he has to come back later. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's a trope in this that, that bothers me to my core. Okay. I'm so tired of it because it's, it's, they've used it a few times now where Terry shows up not knowing all the information instead of Max being like, hey, I'm OK. He told me his plan. And he's also OK. Oh, she just goes, wait, wait you no. don't know what's going on. So, yeah. Hold on. He'll, he'll explain it. Just Wait, say, just Terry, say something. Don't, yeah, just saying broad, blanketed statements of yeah. like, "Wait, hold on." No, Terry, don't do no, it. Batman, what are you doing? I said, "Wait." I mean, we've said it before. Love Max. They often don't know what to do with her. Yeah, but like she, like, put herself in, like, make her put herself in harm's way, where she's like, "No, this robot is is." He's being just as tortured as, as everyone else. Yeah. Like, he needs your help. I saw him throw his guns away in that waste bucket. Yeah, with a dumpster? Yeah. Mm, I don't he know. He brought me a sandwich, Terry. He cares. Yeah. Do no one... Wait, no. No one brings me sandwich. You don't bring me a sandwich. <laughs> so, ghetto salami and Gruyere? Yeah. Gruyere? Wait, is it pronounced Gruyere or Gruyere? I don't know. Is it fancy cheese? Not particularly. It's not like super. It's not like brie. Well, I mean, it's just. It's not like it's super not like fancy. American or I mean, it's Swiss. Like, yes, it's fancier than that. Yeah. You're not going to get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not something that Subway is going to sell you. No, I mean, it's no port okay. salute. And that's fancy to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, it's not yellow. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it is. Is it? It's, more, it's like an orange, though. Oh, okay. It's real good cheese, man. Oh, God, I'm hungry. Anywho. Anywho. This is. I don't know, I'm so tired of that trope because yeah. then also like we know we know Zeta can talk. He can also be like, "I'm not here to hurt you." Yeah, don't stop. I don't have weapons on me. I surrender. I put my hands up. Hey, Batman, I'm sorry for choking you out. That's just what I'm built to do. But let's have a conversation for a second. Let's just go have a cup of tea and sort this all out. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. Have a pint and let's end the day with. It's, what's the quote from Shaun of the Dead? To have a pint and wait for it all to blow over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the Winchester? Yeah. 
so good. Um, yeah, it's there's. I'm so tired of that show. It, a lot it of bothers stuff. me so much now. I can tell. I'm just like, just fucking say something, Max. You're standing in a corner while they're beating the shit out of each other. Uh, I think only one of us is allowed to have a mad rant per episode, Cameron. What did you rant on already? Fucking slang. Electric factory. I don't remember. Dude, just ride that way. Just calm down. <laughs> so painful. So painful. Anyways, um, there was a couple of little things I did like in here, though. Okay. I love when uh, Zeta's trying to escape at the train station, and there are the two girls walking by with their skis. One, because that implies that in the future... Uh, mass transit is so good that you can just like basically walk to the train station in full like ski gear yeah. and catch a train straight out to the mountains or whatever to go skiing. That's awesome. I also love too the one girl says like the snow is at four thousand feet and the other girl responds, "Isn't that kind of deep?" <laughs> That's amazing. I, I missed that. Which line. is pretty good. Um, but I was like, I thought that was just a random thing. But then they're there so that we see. Like the ski go through Zayden, and that's how he gets tipped off. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was kind of fun. I like they referenced Dakota City. I also missed that. I uh, just from that train station. It's okay. like like train leaving for Dakota City now, departing platform three or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's like they're already working on Static Shock. I think they were just in the beginning of pre-production on Static. Yeah, uh -huh. um, and then also loved the uh, the voice casting beyond Edie McClurg. So Gary Cole, who I just love in everything, is the voice of Zeta for this. They changed it when they got to the the Zeta project. Um, but then good old Joe Spano is the voice of Agent Bennett. Is it Bennett? It is Bennett. Yes. So you probably don't know who Joe Spano is because you probably never watched NCIS. I did not. Uh, so friend of the show slash occasional host Katie and I called roommate. She and I used to watch NCIS in the dorm. Is that, like, the, is that the bum bum show? No, that's was Law that? and Order. Okay. No, like the, the big thing with NCS is that uh, whenever they come back from a commercial break, it shows a black and white, like a quick little black and white snippet. And that snippet is going to be what the end shot of the next sequence is going to be before it goes back to commercial break. Okay. But uh, this is the one with Mark Harmon uh, that's been on for like 14 fucking seasons. Yeah, yeah, and they're like the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. But we used to watch that all the time, and Joe Spano has a recurring role as like the friend of the main character, is also an FBI agent. So basically, Joe Spano has built his entire career about playing cops, government agents, and cops. Yeah. Great, um, good Joe Spano. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something. Sorry to go on another on another tangent already. <laughs> uh, something that our, our good friend Sam Gash posted. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it, uh, it was a post complaining about. Uh, how bad the GCPD is and the fact that for Commissioner Gordon's uh, like work anniversary, mm -hmm. they ordered a cake from, what was it called? Crazy Clown Catering. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, basically, he's basically saying, like, if you don't believe Gotham needs Batman, look at what GCP did. It. <laughs> uh, and then someone commented with, a, um, with the, the Law and Order intro, oh, yeah. but with, with Gotham. So it says, in the criminal justice system, Clown-based offenses are uh, considered especially hyenas. In Gotham City, they dedicated detectives who investigate these comedic felon felonies uh, are members of an elite squad known as the Insane Clown Posse. Yes. These are their stories. <laughs> oh, bum, 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 bum. But then it's the, it's the clown honk. Uh, uh, yeah. That's so fantastic. Uh, any... We, we better talk about this episode. It's, it's all right. Any it's other a, thing, it's a fine any episode. Other it's much about? better than next episode, though. Yeah. Um, um, good old Plague. 
Are you done with? Well, I uh, know um, they continue to to play the trope of if it's not a human, we're gonna destroy the, we're gonna kill murder it. the fuck out of to it. Kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you you see Zeta just get. It, it's one of those. Oh, they shoot him. They shoot him a lot. It, yeah. There's a like you said. There's a lot of guns. There's a this. lot of guns in this in this yeah. NRA in this NRA sponsored episode. Um, no, it's it's one of those things where like, you know, every everyone misses their shot until they hit, mm-hmm. and then they never miss again. Yes. Because <laughs> once they hit Zeta on the rooftop, no one missed a shot after that. Yeah. They have target locking guns. Yeah. Hit it once. Keeps and on coming back. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's like that gun in the Fifth Element. Have you seen the Fifth Element? I have, but it's been a long time. Oh, okay, it's like that crazy super gun. Like you shoot something once, and you can shoot in any direction. It goes back to the same spot. Oh, that's cool. I know it's a pretty cool idea. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And then he used a hologram to get away. Um, I think that's about it. Barbara knowing that the Batman was spying. I really like. Oh, that, that little, was cool. That yeah, and he's thing. invisible, and he thinks he's being all sneaky. She's like, "So what you get? You yeah, get all that." You there, bud? Yeah, I can feel you breathing on my neck. Just wait outside. Yeah. Creepy mouth breather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Batman's finally cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, Plague. Plague. It's, um... Or we could not talk about it. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it much. We've gone very long already. Yeah. I mean, so this is the introduction of Cobra, who is a criminal organization that is big through kind of the rest of Batman Beyond. And then I don't know if they... Do they exist in the past? I know that there's some Justice League Unlimited episodes that go into the future and Cobra is still the villain. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if Cobra has Well, there was, there's early another beginnings. villain who is Cobra, who I think is a I, Wonder Woman villain. I think you're thinking of Copperhead. I am thinking of Copperhead. Thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. How dare you? They look the same. I mean, to be fair, Terry, They also refer t- to them as vipers. <laughs> yeah, Terry gets his snakes confused in this as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a pretty big organization. Um, they'll play a key part who, in a lot of episodes. Who work out of a planet fitness. Yeah, that's so bizarre. <laughs> that was so how, like, how that's do you so hide... Funny. This is what baffles me. How do you hide a lair that is, like, three times as big as the place you're hiding behind? Mm-hmm. Like, they hide a massive Cobra facility. There's, like, huge open space with like some weird central, was it central computer? I remember what it was in the middle of it. They just hide it behind a wall. Yeah. And like an LA fitness basically or 24 hour fitness. Yeah. Like how does no one notice that anywhere? I, I assume there's, there's a slight ramp. It, it's very much in the style of Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Haunted Mansion. You just hop into a little cart and mechanically yeah, you go into an elevator ah! and it says, are you going down or is the room stretching? Yes, exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cobra's there, just like really yeah, excited, <laughs> and all the all the goons are just like, oh god. And then Plastic Face is there. Oh my god, we gotta talk about that. Who what's, is his, it? What, what's his name? False Face, right? Clay Face, Double Face, Two Face, Face Off. I don't think so. <laughs> no Face, Long Face, his trusty steed, Long Face. <laughs> face. It's. It's a weird idea. He basically just like I actually forgot his name for a second. Massages his face and then it looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, but so false face. Sorry, I, I actually did forget his name. There, we there's said so a, many wrong names. Yeah, there's a kind of a convoluted plot going on here. So basically, Cobra has this horrible virus that they released upon a small island community, like devastated the place. Basically, kills all biological material there: people, animals, plants, everything. So. The NSA, once again, headed up by Agent Bennett, a.k.a. Joe Spano, Mm -hmm. uh, 
hears about this, and so they pull the stalker out of captivity, out of prison, to go after it. So we last saw Stalker when he tried to hunt and kill Batman. Mm-hmm. And that episode ended with him maybe getting run over by a train. So clearly he didn't. He didn't. We, and for some reason, Terry still holds a grudge. Don't I wonder, understand I wonder it. why. Can't imagine. So the Stalker is now trying to track down the, the, the sample of this virus. And so they were trying to track it down in this island community. And then the Cobra agents basically slipped it into Nelson's bag. Nelson Nash. When he was gone for spring break. Yes. And so he like comes. the party animal he is. I know. This is so crazy. Who, like, does anyone in high school go to the fucking, like, Caribbean yeah. for spring oh, break? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I was super bored. They're called rich assholes. Oh, okay. Well, good on them, I guess. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't fucking talk. I went to Cabo. For spring break? Yeah. In high Dude, school? Yeah. I think almost all my spring breaks in high school, I went to Cabo. Actually, I guess I went to Hawaii. Yeah, you pretentious prick. But, like, we went with our families. It wasn't like we went to go party. Yeah. Like, 17, 16, 17. Yeah, I brought my Wii with me the first time we went to Cabo. I brought Legos with me every time I go. Yeah. Like, pack a little little plastic bin full of Legos. And, like, they'd always, like, search my Legos at airport security. I'm like, why? Yeah. It's a bunch of fucking Legos. What's it going to do? Someone's going to step on one on an airplane. The whole thing's going to go down. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. could happen. Mm-hmm. Weirder things have happened. Uh, but yeah, so the TSA agent, who's actually a false face, basically searches... Who is it? What's the name? Two-Face. Gotcha. Thank mm-hmm. you. They, um, the reason we're making this joke is in, in a, about a two-minute span, they say false face. So I don't want to exaggerate this. Maybe 20 times. So Every cast member says his name. So many times. Yes. And I'm just like... We fucking get it. We got it. We got his name. You said Cobra once. Yeah. And you said false face 20 times. It's also just a really dumb name. Yes. But so he he basically like demands that he go through Nelson's bag. He finds this thing, gives Nelson shit, and then lets him go. And then he goes and hands it off to Cobra, because he's not, he's like employed by Cobra, but he's not really actually a Cobra agent. Mm-hmm. So now Cobra. Freelance. He's freelance, yes. So now mm-hmm. Cobra has smuggled this thing in, and they are going to hold Gotham Ransom for like $10 billion. Otherwise, they're going to unleash the virus. And their means of doing so is they're going to coat basically cash cards in the future. Like there's no like, like currency is now done these like basically credit cards. Yeah. But I guess they have. They're like debit cards. They have pre-ordained value. I don't know exactly. Well, how we'll say they're like fancy gift cards. Yeah, exactly. Like the super fancy gift cards mm-hmm. that goes out everywhere. So they're gonna coat the cards. Actually, pretty clever. I'll give them that. Um, and so the NSA is trying to stop this. Now, what doesn't make sense for me though, where it all falls apart, is after they finally get the virus back because Batman and Stalker have teamed up. There's still seven minutes left in the episode. There's still so much time left because. Turns out that um, Faceless is... John Travolta. Yes, exactly. He's already carrying... Oh, also, if they were to make this movie, John Travolta would have 100%. to. 100%. Absolutely have to do it. Yeah. Um, it's fine. He needs the money. God, he didn't do well at all. So he is already exposed to the virus. He's already a carrier. Now, apparently, it's dormant up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know he's a carrier. So was... Cobra's intention to keep him confined somewhere so that he couldn't actually get let the virus get out and that was his ba- their backup plan was basically just like let him go it doesn't really quite make sense because if he's just roaming free which he's very good at doing because he can look like anybody yeah 
then what's the point of holding the city ransom? Are they just going to always release the virus anyways? Are they just dicks? Well, yeah, that's probably the, the villain thing to do. I guess it's it always is the money. thing, right? It's like, yeah, get the money and then kill the hostage or poison the city or yeah. whatever the fuck you're going to do anyways, do it anyways. But just like their whole plan just seems really unnecessarily convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. This, this, this is a bad episode. This but is a straight up bad episode. It's also, okay, also, they're, so they're trying to keep like a low profile mostly, like they're stashed away in their 24 hour fitness locker room. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're roaming around the city dressed in full Cobra costumes on bright yellow hover bikes. I would have loved if, if you saw one of the goons like still have the Cobra mask on, but just like in his towel. He just, like, he just <laughs> finished the workout. They kind of the the similar to like the the shirtless Batman fight. Yeah, it's like um, can we like hold off? I have a cycle class in like yeah. ten minutes. Can we do this? Not to, like te- an hour? to teach the class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a spin class. I got to teach here mm-hmm. in a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, Cobra doesn't actually pay his villains well, so they all have to take second jobs at Planet Fitness. Yeah, well, they're mostly there because they're like zealots. Like they're just they they're brainwashed into thinking this is a good idea. They're not there for the money. Much like most people who go to gyms. That's absolutely true. They're they. <laughs> They're, because they've been told it's they all should be one big metaphor. Yes, the virus that's, is actually fitness. That's what Cobra's real scheme is: is they're going to make it impossible to cancel all gym memberships. Yeah, he succeeded. I'll tell you that. Someone who's been trying to get rid of my LA Fitness membership for fucking three years. Oh, I told you how to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you have to cancel your membership, there's like a whole Friends episode about this. Which, as a kid, I didn't appreciate how true it was until I actually tried to cancel my fucking LA it's Fitness so membership. Hard. Here's what you do: because if you show up, you're like, "Hey, I'm here to cancel my membership." They, there you have to go to a manager, to like, and, yeah. they, and then all of a sudden the manager's not there. But if you go there, and you're like, oh hey, I want to upgrade my membership, or like, oh hey, I want to come in and like add someone onto my account. If you're there and you tell them they actually want to give you more, like you want to give them more money, they're all on board. Yeah. And then once you get to the manager, like, oh actually, I'm here to like cancel my membership. Mm-hmm. Boom, nailed it. And then it gets done in like five minutes flat because they're just so pissed they just want to get rid of you. And like, yeah, can we please change your mind? Like, no. Yeah, because they don't no. expect smart people to go to the gym. No. Smart people figure it out the system. But this is LA. Everyone goes to the gym. That's true. Smart people, dumb people, attractive people, less attractive people. There are no ugly people here. More attractive people. More attractive people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Cobra agents. Cobra agents. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> They're CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. It all, it all actually, comes I actually think there is a gym in LA called Cobra Fitness because they come to prevail all the time. What I love, too, is this is Cobra. There's 100% a place called Cobra Fitness Club. <laughs> is it, it like, spelled? It's less than two miles from is here. Is it spelled with a K, though? It is not spelled with okay, a K. Okay, because, like, Cobra, the the secret society, is spelled with a K. So you can totally imagine they would have a Cobra CrossFit, and it's spelled with Ks. Yes. <laughs> I'm so on board now yeah, with all it's, of this. It's, it's literally <laughs> less than two miles away from here. Oh, it's all it's all dumb. Like... They chase down False Face, and they tell him that he's a carrier, and he refuses to believe it until he gets like really sick in an instance, and then he runs through a fire. And I thought that was his who like was killing himself basically, mm-hmm. but turns out he's fine. He's just like curled up in an alleyway. And so at this point, he's actively sick, which means he's actively contagious. Yeah. And Stalker or Batman are just sitting there, just having a, a chin wag next to him. Well, I think uh, I think they mentioned the virus is is through touch. Because that was what that was the thing. It was going to spread through them transferring the cards to each other. Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, so I think I think it's one you you get. It's not a, it's not a um, it airborne. It the skin. I guess so. I mean, that's like that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like we're looking for this to make sense, are we? Yes, we are. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I mean, 
it's a pretty dumb episode. Like, I guess it's significant because it introduces Cobra, but I feel like the next time we see them, they'll probably rehash what Cobra is again, and this episode won't even be necessary. Mm-hmm. And, like, I genuinely liked Batman and Stalker teaming up together. I thought they had kind of a cool dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it is true like all villains eventually become heroes if they're around long enough mm-hmm. but that's been done before i mean it happened with harley kind of even in um well, I, I think the, I think the so, best team up or at least for me the most fun team up we still had is is um lobo oh lobo and superman yeah yeah because that's one he's never going to be good no but lobo is just out for himself yeah he's this weird he's not even an anti-hero he's just kind of always doing his own thing mm-hmm. but i mean they, they they've done a few of these kind of fun like villains team up with heroes sort of thing and it kind of works yeah so it's an interesting idea here just i think the rest of the episode's kind of flat mm-hmm. but i agree yeah fuck it uh, whatever one of the things that i that i enjoyed because it's the trope that, that you see very often of um well what's his face uh stalker uh put like his his weird tracker on, oh the same on one he space. used on terry and matt yes yeah yeah so he puts the tracker on and he's like scanning the crowd and he, f- he figures out which one is false face. And, and uh, Terry goes, how do you know that's him? I don't know. Maybe he's the only one running like a maniac yeah, through a that mall. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the dead giveaway. Yeah. Also, I love that uh, they never try and hide the person. No. Well, also, it's established earlier on the episode that false face can't change his hair color. Because so when he is impersonating the TSA agent, he takes off his hat and he's got black hair and then he like massages his face and it goes to being his weird normal self. Mm -hmm. And then when we see the actual tied up agent, that guy's blonde hair. Yeah. So it's canonically established that he can't change his hair color. Okay. Until he impersonates Nelson Nash and then all of a sudden he's a redhead. Yeah. Well, he, out of of panic, he had to, you know, you know, when you have panic, you have all that adrenaline running through you. That's when you, that's when your powers kind of advance. Oh, okay. I was going to say that maybe she was born with it. No, it's not Maybelline. Okay, well, good guess. Um, should we should we share this episode anymore? Should we move on? Um, let me double check my notes. Virus and credit cards? Question mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, place explodes. Oh, the sound effect. I I'm not. I I hate squishy sound effects so much. What squishy sound effect? When he uh when, oh when, when he's like when Batman no 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 when because when he figures it's, it's it's a very quick sound effect when he changes yeah. his face. It's when Terry punches him in the face. Oh, it's where you yo. hear it's, you, it's like him punching like, goo. Yeah, like Play-Doh or something. Yeah. Some sort of weird putty. Oh yeah, and, like he punches him once, and, like his whole face kind of like caves in, and then he like mm-hmm. gives it a shake. And he, it comes yeah, back he turns out. into Mr. Magoo. Yeah, it's real gross. Real, real gross. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I got. That's all I got to say. Okay. All right, then we're going to mosey along here to uh, notes from friends. Um, I mean, just one, a general shout out to like the DCAU Review and Maddie Washburn and the guys at uh, the Watchtower Database because with all this um, like Just League versus Fatal 5 stuff is coming out, they were all, all buzzing and did some awesome content all around that. So always a shout out to those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have an actual specific letter. <gasps> um, one of my personal favorite people, Ashley Clark. Okay. Always love when she writes in. But she wrote in to say that she agrees with me. That's impossible. But... Alan Moore's The Killing Joke is not very good <sighs> because it's not. Wow, what apparently a great even, argument. Even Alan Moore has said he regrets writing it. Um, and it's just, it's very problematic, which we were in agreement, no, Ash and I were in agreement on, not you and I were in agreement on. Mm-hmm. But she points out, it's like Batman laughing at the end. Uh, there's just like horrible sexual and violent abuse of both um, his like work partner, but also like, kind of daughter-in-law sort of thing because she's like dating dick thing at the time and then mm-hmm. also it's gordon's daughter so it's just like 
and he's, he's like, he laughs at the end, even though the whole thing is super fucked up. And it's just like, it's just messy. It's just messy and gross and weird and wrong. Killing Joke is terrible. Mm. Yes. Yes. I agree with those points. I very much do. It's just not that good. Have you actually read it? I have. I have it on the shelf right there. Somewhere. You can read? I can read. Oh I've been reading two my, books. Oh, my God. This past week. Oh, that's what you have. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I, I've decided that I am Grew going up. to be, since no one else in my friend group has this knowledge, I will be the, the knowledge bearer of all things Arthur. Thank God someone was going to do it. Yeah, so I'm reading all the scripts of PBS's Arthur. Does this now... <laughs> Does this now mean that every time we go to Disneyland, you're going to force us yes. to walk past mm-hmm. the Sword in the Stone so then you can just start busting out some Arthurian knowledge? Absolutely. God damn it. Where is my brother? My brother, Sir Kay, needs his sword. Quick, please, I need this one. He broke it fighting Sir Balamoginius. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep going. I'm just going to let you tuck yourself out. No, that, that's fine. Is that one of your plugs this week? Is it is not one of my plugs this week, because I, I don't want to plug it until I finish it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're under plugs already? Yeah, sure. Do we have anything oh. else we want to talk about? Uh, just, how, how's your day going? It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. I'm tired <laughs> and a little bit psycho. Can anyone tell? Uh, no, my, my plug, I'll, I'll, do, I'll just do one right now. Uh, I watched Vice last week. Oh, how was that? Holy I, shit. It makes me hate being an American. <laughs> Like, yeah. wow, that, that's one of those movies. Like, I knew, I knew Cheney did some bad things. Yeah. Like, I, I knew about, like, the Enron scandal. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was kind of it. And then, like, Arthur Anderson going down because of him. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I, I, I knew that side of it, the, the corporate corruption. But they go into, the, they don't even touch on that. Mm-hmm. They just go straight into political corruption. Yeah. And how fucking insane it was. I mean, he, he's basically responsible for Fox News. Yeah. Which is something that I didn't like. I I didn't even know that before. Um, uh, I guess it would be before Bush won. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's the, clarify: the first George Bush, George Bush Senior, not when George Bush won the election. Right. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. The the Roman numeral one. Yes. Uh, the I. George H W Bush. Yes, George H W. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I didn't realize that news stations had to, they, they weren't allowed to be biased. Or if they showed one side of a story, they had to show the other side. And then what, like, how did that change? What ruling changed? Or like, what, was it just like, was it sort of a common courtesy that they did it that way? And then I, think, I, think it, I think there was a law, but then they decided that um, it wasn't, I, I don't know, they, they, they don't really go into it. You see him get the folder, um, not from Murdoch, but from someone that works with Murdoch. Um, that's like, hey, we have this news station that's here to promote the conservative party. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, he hands it around and, and kind of nothing happens from it um, until they, it's just kind of a brief point of like, oh yeah, and that, that news station, that was Fox News, yep. and they exist now. Yep. Um, I, so I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I have heard rumblings that maybe they took some liberties with some of the content. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. But but is it good though? Like as a movie, is it good? The movie's great. Yeah. Uh one, once he gets older, I kinda I mean, um well this face does a great job. Batman Christian does Bale. a great job. Um 
yeah, Christian Bale is is, is obviously his his normal method self. Yeah. Um, uh, how's Sam Rockwell as Sam Rockwell is fucking amazing. I love Sam Rockwell at <laughs> everything. He, he and, plays a spot on George W. Oh, yeah. And I fucking will because he like what I was gonna say is is the between the two of them, when you see an older Cheney, uh, I really I would have really loved for Chevy Chase to play that. Because oh, he looks just like Chevy. Yeah, and he's about as cantankerous. Yes, at this exactly. Point. Yeah. Um, and problematic. Yes, exactly. Uh, but no, Sam Rockwell is so like he's uh, almost on par with Will Ferrell's representation. Okay. Or, or a parody. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Okay, I do want to watch that one. Je- I mean, if there's like a supercut of just Rockwell scenes somewhere, that's that's worth just watching on its own. Now, important question: mm-hmm. Does Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush mm-hmm. dance at any point? Uh, no. You see him dance. drunk. Damn, okay. you, don't, you don't see him dance. Okay, because I think, I don't know if this is still true, but up to a certain point, Sam Rockwell had danced in pretty much every movie he's ever done. May, I mean, maybe... There's like super cuts out there of him dancing. He's a phenomenal dancer. Yeah. He's so good. Uh, yeah, I got, I got Iron Man too. yeah. Yeah. He's, just, he's great in everything. He is. He even he, danced he's very underrated. Moon. You've seen Moon, right? I've not seen Moon. Oh, but you, you and Shane have both talked to me about Moon. Moon's really, really good. As I've heard. Yeah. Duncan oh. Jones. It's fantastic. Okay. Him. Uh, but yeah, if, if you if you just want to hate your country, for our American <laughs> listeners, uh, or want more reason to hate America, yeah, just go do that. Yeah, because uh, they like, yeah, it's it's like it's a great movie, mm-hmm. but you're just like, fuck, he messed up everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like it's 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 rare when you can point out a single moment in history of like, oh yeah, that's where we fucked up. That's, that's where things, that's went, where that's where things went really wrong. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite line in the movie uh, is, uh, so Steve Carell is also there playing. Donald Rumsfeld. Yes. Uh, Rummy. Did they call him that? They call him that in the movie oh, okay. every now and then. Um, they call him like Don Rummy, <laughs> which I think is funny. Uh, but he, he kind of leaves office and is brought back in uh, in in the Bush 2 era. Because uh, Bush... Uh, George H.W. did not like Rummy. Okay. Um, he preferred gin Rummy. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, or just gin. <laughs> yeah. um, but, there, uh, you know, he brings him back into the White House, and he's like, there's one thing you need to know, one thing to change since you've been, since you've been out, of the, out of the game, and it's that we don't lose our heads anymore. I've, I've created, and then it kind of ties back into the Fox News thing, like, we act calm we have other people yelling for us now. Jesus. And I'm like, fuck, god damn it. They Woo. Ugh. Woo. Yeah. But it's 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 a good movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do want to see that one. I, I don't know how I'd feel about it being like a like an airplane movie, because I don't want people to be that angry on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Mass riots happening. Yeah. Uh but yeah, what what have you been watching and listening reading? Um so I, I do have an actual plug something I've been watching recently but I guess along those lines though because when people talk about vice what always comes to mind is uh, a great book that I read a number of years ago that I've been meaning to go back and reread and so it's topically it's very similar uh, it's called Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins okay. Do you, have you heard of this or if I told uh, talk about this? I feel like I've heard my mom say those words before so <clears throat> what the book is about it's uh, I think he what worked it called again Confessions of an Economic Hitman it's a guy, okay. John Perkins. I'm pretty sure he worked for the CIA. But he basically wrote this book, and it is forward. He says, the reason I wrote this 
is so that they can't kill me. So that if I ever mm-hmm. end up dead, people will know why. Because okay. I published like published what happened. His job was during the 70s and the 80s, he would be sent to developing countries. Like his specialty was like South America, for example, take like Panama. He would go down there. He would um, basically convince the government of that country to do a massive public works project, right? So kind of like the um, like the New Deal, like after World War II, right? We're gonna we're gonna build a dam. We're gonna build new hydroelectric infrastructure. We're gonna build the train. We're gonna do those things. He'd go down there and he would basically sponsor this project. The foreign government would then jump on board with it. They would hire all U.S. based. They would take out U.S. debt, hire U.S. based companies to come in and do this. So basically all the money is just going straight from the United States back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Perkins job was to, uh, economically sabotage the company, or sorry, the country. So they would default on their loans to the United States. And then the U S would basically have someone in their pocket. Wow. And he did this all across like Asia and South America. Um, and he makes reference to like multiple political assassinations, which I don't think he personally carried out, but he was privy to, essentially. Uh, and it you read this, and oh, they also did the Middle East, too, and you start to understand, like, oh, this is why a lot of people hate us, because mm-hmm. we fucked over everybody. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the, everybody a big part time. of Vice is talking about the Iraq stuff. Yeah. Because that had nothing to do with, with what was going on. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got, we got very political here at the end, but uh, like le- legitimately kind of, I think regardless of your political leanings, Confessions of an Echo and a Hitman is a fascinating book. Like I can barely get through nonfiction. I get bored as fuck. Mm-hmm. And that book is amazing. It's so, so good. Highly recommend it. Um, but on a completely different note, my yes. other plug this week <laughs> All right. uh, is this fantastic show on Netflix that I started watching because everyone told me that I should. And it's Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Ugh. Yeah. Everyone told me I should watch it because I'm in the middle of moving right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so rather than packing everything, I've been trying to clean a house uh, as I'm packing. And it has been pretty successful because her methods are, I have to admit, fan-fucking-tastic. Um, her whole thing is about whether things spark joy for you or not. Yes. So one of the things is to get rid of clothing, you dump, you take all of your clothes and you put them all in one place. You make a mountain of clothing. Uh, and then you just grab items one by one. And you hold it and you basically ask yourself, does it spark joy? And if it does, you keep it. If it doesn't, you thank it for having once been a value to you and you got rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I basically did that, but I didn't thank anything. I was just like, nope, out, out. Yes, keeping this, tossing this out. Um, also, her way of folding is spectacular. My underwear drawer looks spotless right now. I, I had to do a few. Um, <laughs> that I, we've been doing a lot of work with, with Netflix at yeah. work. And so I had to do some stuff for promoting Marie Kondo. It, and it's also honestly like a good show. I hate HGTV. I cannot watch those shows because they're so obviously fake. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of that is going on here too. But I have to admit that Marie Kondo herself is like really, really charming and sweet. Um, and as I was watching the show, like I started tearing up a couple of times. I fucking kid you not. You're a, a monster. Like Cameron, the second episode is like uh, an older couple. They're empty nesters. Their house is filled with stuff to the point of being like hoarders. And they're assigned to like go through and go together and figure out how to clear out their stuff. And at the beginning of the episode, like the dad is very kind of like quiet, doesn't really say anything. He's not interested at all at all this. And by the end of it, he's super talkative and engaged. And they like they grew together as they were cleaning out their own house. 
And I really had to resist the urge to call my mom and be like, you guys need to watch this episode together. I've got, I've got enough problems in my own life. I don't need to watch other people solve theirs. It's like really, really heartfelt, Cameron. It's really good. Maybe I'm also just emotionally fragile right now. I don't know. Could that, be that as well. I mean, I understand while you're moving, it's probably a great show. Yeah. So I remember when I moved across the street to my current place. Uh, I, I, I threw out probably a third of my stuff before it's moving. It's really helpful. I get rid of a lot of my books, which I was mm-hmm. kind of always swore I'd always keep books, whether I was going to read them or not, or whether I finished them and didn't like them. And I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, yeah. I'm only going to keep stuff that I haven't read yet or that I really loved and I'll go back to. But otherwise, I'm getting rid of all this shit. Mm-hmm. I've made so many trips to like the donation station at the thrift store. It's yeah. amazing. Also, if you're going to donate in LA, go to uh, Out of the Closet. Yes. Because they're actually a good company. Also, for, for people that thrift or want to start thrifting now is the oh. time yeah because of this show like i i went into my office this week i don't normally go to my office yeah uh, and everyone was talking about that show and everyone was saying all this stuff they were donating and i'm like holy fuck like go go to a thrift store right now yeah because there's so much shit being donated there's a lot of stuff you donate this yet. is I, yeah i donated a lot of clothes a lot of books a lot of movies games mm-hmm. um all kinds like, of stuff right now yeah. Stop this podcast because it's at the end. No, well, keep listening. Keep listening. Uh, yeah. Go to your car and drive to a thrift store yeah. and start doing it because there's great stuff. But also just watch the show. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. But I think that does it. All right. I think we're finally done on this even more shambolic than normal episode this week. Yeah. Well, we had to we had to pad these episodes a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about besides the actual material itself. Yes. Um, but uh, if you have any recommendations for other things we should be watching, other plugs, if you want to share your thoughts about some of the trailers we talked about this week or the fact that we're getting a DCAU revisit coming up here soon, um, or if you also want to write in and tell Cameron that he's wrong, you can reach us at Tim. What Talk- am I wrong about? <laughs> wow, I almost called you Shane. Chris. <laughs> The Killing Joke, your general I'm not taste wrong about in film anything. and TV. Oh, I know that's wrong. Yeah. I've accepted that. But you know what you're not wrong about, Cameron? Your wardrobe choices. You're always looking looking good these Thank days, you. man. I do my best. Yeah, you, you, do, you look really good. I'd say you're the best dressed of the trio. Well, I, I have to cover up my insecurities. Well, you're doing a fantastic job, buddy. Thank you. I don't think you have any insecurities. I would never guess that looking good. at you. Um, but yeah, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. If you want to see some of that awesome fashion I was just describing, Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my art, which I recently updated, uh, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. And if you want to see my face uh, and my trips to Disney and my trips doing other things, you can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. We what did about it. you? Did you already plug? No, I didn't. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I haven't really updated either of them in a while. That's fine. I should, I'll go take some photos and put something on. Yeah. You know what I should do? I should post the photo of my massive pile of clothing on my bed. And yeah. Put that on Instagram. Tag Marie Kondo. Yeah. Be like, look at this pile of sunshine right here. Yeah. Hey. Actually, when I took the photo, there was some sunshine coming in behind me. Of course so it actually, It's like naturally lit. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's spectacular. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.